37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. We're back in the Hundred Acre Wood this week as we take a look at the second sequel in the classic list, classic number 51, 2011's Winnie the Pooh. Artistic talent runs in my family. In fact, it practically stampedes. I'm Chris Fletcher. You've been pounced. I'm Lucy Rain. Squidward! Hello friends, I'm Hugh Rain. Everybody. I shouted Squidward because uh, Tom Kenny's in, in the oh, cast. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I didn't get it. that connection. He's a very SpongeBob. Squidward! Nice. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> We're getting straight into the facts, aren't we, oh, today? Yes. No missing around this yeah. week. On a scale of uh, one to two, how excited are you about this uh, prospect of Winnie the Pooh? Do you know, just when you're getting going with Tangled, this drags you back. I wouldn't say drags you back. It is. Like the other Winnie the Pooh, it's incredibly pleasant. It's charming. It's charming. Well, that's the thing, I was in two minds as, you know, on the one hand it was like, oh, it's Winnie the Pooh, but then on the other hand it's like, oh, it'd be nice, a little break, a little calm, you know. Mm -hmm. A bit peace and quiet. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, I think we're going to, all our opinions and thoughts on this matter are going to come to light. Laid bare. Shortly. <laughs> Aren't they? Well, do you want to jump straight into the history? Laid Pooh Bear. Well, before we start... Ooh. Oh, yes, you. I've got a, a little reveal here, because um, two years ago when we started, I'd been using this bell every time, because I suspected whenever someone said uh, dwarves instead of dwarfs, I was like, I was on it. And ever since then, if someone's made a mistake, me included, you get a bell. Now, we challenged people to guess where it was. We've had one guess, I think, one proper guess. From and we know Sydney. one person ha has... This yeah. in their house. Susie, um, Susie guessed uh, it was a bell at, at um, Tower of Terror from the gift shop. Not, not a good guess. Not a good, an interesting guess. guess yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Can I ask you before you reveal it? Are you going to reveal it for everybody or just for the people who watch this? Uh, I think it should just be for the people who watch this, and that <laughs> well, will encourage them to come I, on to our. I don't. I don't want to punish the loyal listeners who are there no. at the start. So I, I'm going to tweet this oh. under the hashtag th hashtag thirty seven Disney Street. I, Bell. They don't need, that means they don't even have to tune into this episode. I think we should reward people for tuning into this episode. Uh, oh. oh, gosh. Send us an email and we'll, we'll send you a picture. <laughs> no, I, I think we should tell, tell them what it is. And then if you want to see it, you can come onto the YouTube version. Okay, right. One of our <laughs> listeners is called Andrew Palmer. And in the background of one of his photographs, his children has... One of his, his children, children has, <laughs> has this. And what it, the bell was all along, it's this massive Fisher-Price Play Family School. Ooh. You can tell it's old because when I said play, a little uh, gust of air, air came out of my mouth and all the dust came off it. Um, and there's a little bell, school bell on top, and that's what I think. And that's why we never have any space on our tables yeah. as well. People aren't as interested as I, you know, in the mystery of it. So it's like after two years, it's time to reveal it. Yeah. We're so over it. We need to find a new bell. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> it's got a little clock on it, which sometimes I, I used to set that at the... When, when the show started, I'd quickly look at the time and set the clock on here to the time that it was, and at the end I could work out... But now we've got timings and everything, so we don't need to do that anymore. Anyway, that's the big reveal, is the Fisher-Price 
play family school. We thought at the beginning of all this, we thought maybe we'd have people guessing left, right, and centre. We'd have to put a page on the website with all the guesses that yeah, everyone had had yeah. so far. One guess. And one guess, yeah. One guess. It's depressing, um, yeah, it? and it's just so frustrating when you see one of our listeners has it in their hat yeah. home. And, and we even gave that told as a them, clue. Yeah. We gave that as a clue. Andrew's a regular listener as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just turned the uh, mini oven on. The, the toy oven. It's not a real oven. Calm down. Right, it's sorry. It's not a Kia kids oven. Come right. on then. Shall okay. I jump into history? Music, music, music. It's time to dig a little deeper to learn some business stuff. Dig a little deeper. No, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig down deep into the facts. We'll find out what we need. Lucy will school us, guaranteed. Open up the windows, let in the light, children. So this was released on the 16th, 6th, excuse me, of April in Europe and on the 15th of July in the USA in the year of our Lord, 2011. Are you dragging out these facts? (laughs) And that's all I wrote. (laughs) That's all we need to know about it. No, there is some good stuff. So... John Lasseter first approached Stephen Anderson and Don Hall. Oh, yeah. Yes. In November 2008, about doing um, a, not a rework. He wanted another Winnie the Pooh, basically. We um, need more poo. And they were very enthusiastic. Now, this is... Do another poo. Uh, this is to, to type, basically. Um, we, we talk about the post-Renaissance second dark age of the Disney... Of the Disney. And um, when John Lasseter came along, he really did revive it and he did it by doing what Disney do best. He went back to princess movies. He went back to musicals. He sort of knew what the vision was. He knew what the audience wanted. So it does make sense that he would look back through the catalogue and go, this is what Disney does. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I do respect him for that. Because it, it's worked. God knows it's worked. And I'm sure it wasn't a market employee of, uh, you know what, we've got this pretty big asset here in Winnie the Pooh and all those characters and they've not seen the light of day for a while. Let's do a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, okay, okay. Let, let's talk about this because I'm unclear as to where um, the Heffalumps movie, the Tigger movie and the Piglet movie are come. Oh, interesting. Now, I know that some of those were being... Mar- I can't remember which ones, but some of those were being marketed when I worked at the Disney store. So it'll be between 97 and 2001. Um, but I don't feel like they needed another one of these to remind us about Winnie the Pooh characters. And no. I can tell you from working there in 99 and 2000, we were full of Winnie the Pooh merch and it flew off the shelves. What a poo. 2000 2000 for Tigger movie, 2003 for Piglet movie, 2005 for Heffalump movie. Yeah, well, the Tigger movie must have been when I was Mm -hmm. working there then. But it it was when I first worked there, we'd have whole shelves of, you know, pyjamas, notebooks. Nobody had a problem buying Winnie the Pooh. People love poo. They absolutely love a bit of poo. Um, So, anyway... They, they viewed the original again to make it culturally relevant. Well, I'm glad in their research they decided to watch the original. <laughs> Once. <laughs> like there was on the Wikipedia page I read, it was like, background, they watched the original movies. Yep. Well, that's, that's dedication for you. Good start. But they also took a trip to Ashdown Forest, which is where the original 100 Acre Wood takes its inspiration. 
because um, of course A.A. Milne lived on the outskirts and that's where he and his son would play. So I visited Ashdown Forest for that purpose. Um, <clears throat> Bernie Matterson, who worked on the original 1974 Win Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, um, was brought back on board to be a lead storybook artist. So he had um, was one of the original artists. Mm. Of course, most of the key artists... Storyboard. He was a storyboard artist on this one. Okay, you said storybook. Okay, okay, okay. Just okay. clarify. <laughs> Why are you digging When you're digging well, yeah, come on, mate. You because I wasn't sure if it was uh, an error or what. Okay, no. okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And the original title was uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Day in Which Many Things Happened. Oh, I like that. That's a, like that's a nice little classy mm. name, though. I it? like that. Yeah. But it was shortened. Um, there were many meetings on how they could... Uh, I, I don't think I've written this down. I can't remember the word they used. It wasn't current. It was relevant. Um, they had many meetings on how they could make this old text relevant today. Relevise it. But you know what's strange? Is I don't think they did. And that's not a criticism. But there was nothing that felt 21st century about it particularly. And that's why I liked it. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they wanted to make it more relevant and getting rid of that title was part of it. Um, in music, they sent out some uh, rushes of, of some of the basic musical scenes to five different story... Um, sorry, music writing duos. And the one that they fell in love with was Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, who would oh, go yeah. on to write the music for... Everything. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen and every other thing. At the time, they had been working on Finding Nemo the Musical for Animal Kingdom. Um, so this, But this was their first feature with Disney, which I was really surprised. The worlds apart from Frozen and Frozen 2, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I respect them a bit more for it now mm. because you can do power Versatile. ballads, well done. But to do this kind of style, you have to understand your text, don't you? Know? Yeah. Quite good. Versatile. So Zoe Deschanel um, sung the Winnie the Pooh theme. I, I was, so I'm listening to, to the, watching the beginning of the film and, and uh, the music starts and I thought, this sounds like it could have been lifted and put into... Uh, um, into the into the, the movie Elf because it sounds a bit like you know Zoe Deschanel singing. And I thought actually it really does sound like Zoe Deschanel. Mm. So I went and looked it up, and it was. Mm. I recognised the voice, and uh, I thought, well, who who is that? And I thought, is it um, is it Regina Spector? Now, but the funny thing is, I I went through, through through a brief period of being into Regina Spector and M Ward, but M Ward is on this film. Yes, but oh. it's not. Regina Spector, it's Zoe Deschanel. Check her out. Well, you're going to take my next fact, and I don't have many of these. Um, <laughs> so you've got to give me what I've got. Um, Zoe Deschanel wrote the end song and performed it with M. Ward. Oh, okay. Who is in her band, I believe. Oh. Um, but I have to say, I really liked that end song. Well, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll, we'll get well, to yeah. this. We'll in get the to music this. section. And, boys. What? I don't want to disappoint you. Okay, don't then. Say, say next section. Say next some, section. Say something thrilling. Well, that's literally all the interesting background I could find on this. They wanted to make a Winnie the Pooh film, and God damn it, they made one. Yeah. There we go. Mm. Good on them. Okay. Well, as usual, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about 
the film in terms of its story and in terms of its animation and then in terms of its music. But before we do, oh, and, and also in terms of our favourite bits, just because of all I remember, and also everybody's favourite bit, Hugh's Cry Factor. It's what everyone's talking about. It's what everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, to get a bit of a flavour for the film, to get an understanding of the film, to get a feeling for it, we're going to hear what the kids have to say. Today we watched Winnie the Pooh. First I want to say, why another Winnie the Pooh? So the story is that Eeyore loses his tail and Roo, Kanga, Tigger, Pooh, Rabbit, Owl, Christopher Robin all have to find his tail. But then at the end, the doorbell ring was actually his tail. And then Christopher Robin goes and then he says, he leaves a note at the door saying, sorry, busy, back soon. Owl made up a scary creature called the Baxen. He meant back soon. And they read it wrong and they think it's Baxen and they think it's a massive monster, so they do this trap. But Pooh fell into it it's like a book as they go along. So lots of words fell down and then Pooh made them as a ladder and they all climbed out. My favourite bit and my favourite song is the bit where Pooh's thinking about everything being honey. The person who got Eeyore's tail got honey and like everyone got a thing and then they like kept giving the honey out to people. The end. At the end, there are... The actual toys of the characters doing stuff. And I thought it was like my Toy Story dolls which do stuff because they move at night. My favourite bit was like when everyone, when like when they got it, like, it's poo, it's poo. (laughs) Like that, that was funny. My favourite bit was the middle because it was... A little bit scary, but I still like it. My favourite characters, I've got two, is Piglet because he's so scared and shy and Tigger because he's so bouncy and pouncy. My favourite character was Roo because I just like him the best. I like all of them. My favourite song is... The same as my favourite bit where where he's singing about everything being honey. My favourite song was, you know this, the things like, it's poo, is that a song? Yeah. Okay, it's does, because they want that just song. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just trump us talking about it's poo? Yeah. I would give it a three out of five. I would give it a four out of five. I would give it a hundred million out of ten. So, what we're going to do now then, is we're going to talk about the story. So it's time to discuss how the story goes, I know. It can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. Actually, uh, I will add that... um, Bonnie spoke more about this than she has for anything in quite a while. Oh, really? I mean, not masses, but she had something to say which she hasn't done. I thought I was going to struggle with the boys and 
I didn't have any problems whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, they, they talked quite a lot as well. <laughs> the kids do find poo engaging, mm-hmm. don't they? They do. But they did do. we? Well, but they, they used, I'll say I have nothing else to add. I will say they did you, uh, conglomerate, that's probably totally the wrong word, but they took three original A.A. Milne stories and merged them together Compile? to Compile? Yeah. Compilation? Compiled to sort of write a whole new story. They squished three poos together. <laughs> but the, the, basic, the basic ideas and text were there and they were true to the original text. And I think it shows... I mean, we've seen this before. It's lots of very small stories that sort of tie together to make one big, long story. So mm-hmm. you've got Eeyore missing his tail... Um, you've got them falling down the hole turns into one. You've got the the Baxen. You've got the but all this goes on seamlessly, doesn't it? You've got the Tigger trying to make ER into Tigger two. Any other little little elements? Don't know. Mm, honey. There's, Him there's wanting the honey, honey, trying honey. to get the honey. All these kind of things, and it's it's very charming. Now, compared to this, it. it in so many ways, it could have just been one of the 60s films. It's just an extension of, and I don't mind them at all making it because the popular, the charming, and they are episodic, so you can just make another one and it works perfectly. But there was just something occasionally off, just something in the way that they would write dialogue, in the way they would write humour sometimes that just didn't quite feel original. How many times can you say the word charming about something and it stops being charming? I, Yeah, there were things that were off about it. What I decided was this was pitched at a Disney Junior audience Mm. and not so much at a family audience for me. It it was quite childish in tone, I thought, um, more so than the the, um, 60s. 77? 70s, yeah. Oh, I'm saying 60s. Well, I can't remember. The first, no, no, they I were all, they, they, they were made as shorts separately, weren't they? Over a, over a bunch of years. It spanned over a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. film. I thought the first one was made before Walt died. 77. Why that? 77. Oh, I think it was in development for Walt died. I win. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, they were, they were made over a long period of time because they were released as shorts first, weren't they? And they brought mm. together for the classic. But I, I think that the tone of those was far more family oriented certainly for that time whereas this just felt very very much a kid's story to me which is why I didn't engage in it mm-hmm. and the first 15-20 minutes I just I wasn't bothered in fact it was a chore watching this and then then the whole story of the the Baxen came in and it pulled me in for a bit yeah it just it just did but I think that's probably more an animation thing than anything else but it pulled me in Um, I I'm going to be honest, I fell asleep in the last... <gasps> I thought you did. Just the last <laughs> the last 15 minutes of this. I just couldn't fight it. But in in many films, you'd see that as a criticism. She was very drunk, though. Oh, don't say that. She wasn't. You were, you whispering that like that makes it sound like you were, but she wasn't. No, I... She doesn't I, drink. <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink. It was a Sunday morning. Mama was not drunk. Anyway, um... It sounds like criticism to say, I, that film, fell asleep in that film. But I'm just thinking, if you can have a snooze on the couch, there is nothing I would rather have on the television 
Because you know when you 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 really are lightly snoozing, but you're mm. still half listening to something, and you can hear voices, and you can open your eyes and see an element of something. It was just lovely. Now, whether they're going to spend fifty million dollars making a uh, you know a film for me to fall asleep to, I don't know if that's the best thing they've ever done. But I I honestly, if I were just wanting to chill out and relax and want to noodle on my phone and snooze, I'd put this on again. I got very bored towards the end. And I was like going, oh, just I, get on with I it. Was, um, it's only an hour long as I well. Know. I had the track list, the soundtrack up um, so I could reference them when it comes to the music. And I, uh, when, it, when it got to the penultimate one, I was like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it. It was nothing like that. I just, I was just keen to, I'm just keen for it to be over. <laughs> Is that the same? It's so hard to talk about because, listeners, it is a Winnie the Pooh film, and if you've ever seen any Winnie the Pooh, it's that for an hour, and it's nice. It is nice, but the thing is, I feel like we've just been here before. Yeah, we it's, have. It's an homage as well, can I, can I just say? It's not, it doesn't feel original. It feels like they've gone out of their way to make it feel like what they were. Um, the voice acting's okay, but at times it really grated in me that characters didn't sound like what they're supposed to sound like. Yeah. It bothered me. Wow. And, and Jim Cummings is... Is great at doing both voices, and actually, he does a pretty good Sterling Holloway I impression. But he sounds the same as yeah. Tigger as he does as Pooh. Mm. To me, no, I wouldn't say that. I think both of those are. I think he's Pooh. I think his Pooh is like one of the greatest impersonations in film history. There you go. I think it's br- like I, I can't believe it's a different person. Yeah. I mean, if, if I heard them side by side, maybe I'd go, "All right, I can hear the differences." But just think it. Just, you know, just the minute I hear Jim, Jim Cummings, I had to double check, like. You know, Stephen Holloway was, you know, he had gone by now, hadn't he? You see, he sounds like Ray to me from uh, Princess and the Frog. I, I, I can hear his voice oh, yeah. in, oh, in okay. all three of those characters. I, I, and I just can. I think you, you can do that with impressionists, though, can't you? That it doesn't, even though you can listen to them and say, yes, you, you sound like who you are, you can still hear their voice in it like you can hear someone's voice when they sing. I, I think, yeah. anyway. doesn't matter how good they are at it, you can mm. still hear it sometimes. The guy doing <clears throat> Owl, uh, what's he called? Craig Ferguson. Mm. I only know him as uh, like a, an American talk show host, but he's Scottish. Is he Scottish? Mm-hmm. I think he's Scottish. Uh, Sounds Scottish. And he, um, I've just seen clips of him on YouTube, like chatting up the female guests. And you think, oh, that's a bit creepy, but he always seems to get away with it and they love him. Anyway, he's doing the voice of Owl and he's the only one who, everyone else sounded quite natural. Yeah, uh, and, that, and it, didn't it, it wasn't putting in a bad performance. It wasn't bad, but he, mm. he found it like he was trying quite hard. I don't know. hard no, yeah. Normally, I don't mind that, but <clears> comp- next to the others, I just he, he stood out a little bit. That, I think that was the point. Yeah, he stood out, and Christopher Robin stood out as well. Christopher Robin, well, I must say, he was poor. <laughs> Sorry to whoever that lad is. I mean, that lad's probably thirty-eight now, but yeah, <laughs> he's not thirty-eight, but uh, yeah, he was he was bad. Yes, <laughs> was not mm. good. Sorry, young man. I did like the pace of the story, though. I liked the way we went from one little incident to another little incident, and they did all manage... There was plenty of callbacks, so they didn't just feel separate and aimless. They were all heading towards one thing. Um, You're right that it was a homage, though, because the Tigger movie and the Piglet movie is far more... It's bigger and broad... I don't want to say more anarchic, because it's far from that, but it just feels a little bit bit more modern and punchy. But having said that, I would have felt quite irritated if they'd tried to do anything with this other than what they did with it. Well, but the, the, then that raises that question of 
Why did why they feel did... the need to make this a classic? Why did they do you know, it? They've, yeah. they've done loads of successful, probably, probably, I would imagine some of their more successful straight to, to home release films are going to be these, aren't they? So what, what was the... What was the thought process behind doing this? If you go back to, do you remember us having a conversation during um, when, when we talked about the princess and the frog, the frog princess, the princess and the frog, um, about why don't they do these two D films? Why don't they still do them? Mm. Why don't they do them like even if they just did them every ten years? Yeah, this is why. This is why they don't do it. This film mm. is is exactly why because they'll have done this and then gone. Mm. Why? It, why bother? Do you know what though it? I almost feel like it was rela- released five to seven years too early because if this had been released straight to Disney Plus and it had been marketed new Winnie the Pooh thing and it had yep. been marketed on the junior screen... Fresh Pooh. For, yeah, it it would have been... It's the kind of thing that would have been really worth producing now. <laughs> so it's not getting all that joke, is it? I, I, <laughs> not for me, it's not. I just went somewhere with, with like, you know how in the Muppets, they, they, they do Muppet films that are films that are... Muppets, Muppet Treasure Island. Yes, 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 yes. And Muppet the Christmas Carol. <laughs> Those M- kind of Muppet things. Poo. But, but if they did Winnie the Pooh and Curly Sue and call it Curly Poo, um, <laughs> came into my head. I don't know why. I'm sorry. It wasn't worth sharing, but it was just it was just there. <laughs> I just settled for Muppet Poo, basically. <laughs> um, do, sh- shall we score it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I just looking. Um, I, I'm done with. I'm done with my there was idea. a few very old jokes, like owl flying out of the hole and then back in again. Ah, that got that got you and Bonnie. Uh, but I was, uh, and I'm being honest here. You two were going, "Why doesn't it fly out?" And I thought the, the, that can't be an oversight. And I wanted to say, "Just wait. Let's just find out because I'm sure something's." And they made a joke of it. That's why. And that was good. And it got you. It didn't exactly get me. I was talking to Bonnie and going, "Bonnie, why doesn't he just fly out? He's got wings." <laughs> she says that. But I know. <laughs> Story score then. I will give this a hearty six. It, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's well paced, and it's good, and it's classic, and it's part of the original text. But it doesn't do anything new. Why would it get more? It's light. There are you know, some nice gentle humour in there, um, but I did get very bored towards the end, uh, so I'm giving it a seven. But you know what? We finished watching this. You know what time it was? <laughs> 9.15am. We get up early. That is good. We, you know, we've got a whole day ahead of us, so yeah. So it gets a seven. We were out of the house at football at 9.15 this morning. You could have watched the whole film. <laughs> We'd already watched um, an hour and a half of Minecraft. There you videos. go. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's um, it's charming. I'm going to say it again. It's charming, isn't it? Um, some of the voices grated in me. Um, the story was kind of all right, but it, but for something that had very short pace, pacey stories, it still seemed to lag quite a lot. And yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Animation. Look at the animation you, the characterization you, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. Come in there live. Come in hot. What was going on with Christopher Robin? Why was he wearing that? Why was his face so weird? Because they didn't change anyone else. Well, that's not true. Because Rabbit, at times, was going a little bit Roger Rabbit, I thought. They were really playing with his facial expressions in a way that I didn't like that did not mm. fit with that character at all um, 
Have you seen any of the new Warner Brothers cartoons? No. no. So oh, they've recently I, come onto Sky. They're all brand new Warner Brothers cartoons. How new? I've seen Bugs Bunny about two years, three years. Oh no, ago. like this year, I think. They're 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 um they're like nine minute shorts, and they usually have two or three different things in them. Mm. And uh, so so basically, they've started in these shorts, and Sky have got a lot of other stuff now. Disney have gone off on their own way, so they're all, they're all there to watch if you want to. But what they've done with the animation is they've, they've obviously looked at what's happening with the Mickey shorts and kind of thought about that idea, mm. but they don't want to go all that way. So what they've done is they've gone halfway between what Warner Brothers cartoons are and what that is. Yeah. So what you've got is characters that look fundamentally the same as they always did, but just slightly different enough for them to make you feel really uncomfortable when you're watching them. <laughs> and that's what Rabbit was for me today. Right. Is that like a celebrity when they've had some... Some plastic yes. surgery. Yes. But you're not sure what they've had done, but you know they've had something yes, done. Exactly that. That's been me and Ben Affleck. I'm going to say, are you thinking of Ben Affleck? I knew it. I just, I can't. Every time he comes on screen, I'm like, what, what, what is she's it? Like, yeah, she's like, is it his chin? What is what it? Is it, is it his eyes? What's, what's wrong with him? There's something wrong with him. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pooh's arms. Got a little bit rubber hose-ish at time, which I don't think they ever used to be. They'd sometimes like bend over his head and stuff and stretch, and they'd never really used to. They used to be a bit more. I just feel like they haven't used that. So, so again, it's a homage, isn't it? The whole thing mm. is the backgrounds are done in that very, very stylized, watercolory, hand-drawn um, lines and everything. They've almost gone for that Xerox look and feel, but without having it, which actually I think it's missing it. Personally, I think the rough line drawings are missing from it. Mm. But yeah, I, it, it's it's a it's again it's an homage. But I don't think they've done a particularly great job. It's like with the characters, like they've just they've said, well, I know the style guides for every single character that Disney have ever made, and we have set ways that we have to draw them. But let's not just let's not quite do that. Let's just do it slightly differently. But if you remember when we watched the the original, <laughs> you're right, dear. Just uh, I was. Sitting sideways, so I'm now straddling uh, the cinema seat in front of me so as not to spoil the illusion. <laughs> that massive popcorn there. Mm -hmm. Does it go all the way down to the floor? But, if I put my hand in. Uh, I don't want to put your hand in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you remember us reviewing the originals, however long ago, it was three shorts done over nearly a decade, mm -hmm. and so the second one. And they did change subtly. Yes, they did. The backgrounds changed subtly. The, the vividness of the colours, I seem to remember, uh, changed. The colour of the vivi rabbit. The vividity. <laughs> vividity. Vividosity. Um, the the colour rabbit went from sort of sandy colour to yellow mm -hmm. and and all this. So it, it's natural that they do another episode, and again it would change slightly again. I, I get what you're saying, but I didn't see any massive difference in style that made me go, they've, they've ruined it, they've killed it, they've killed poo, they've stepped on the poo. None of that. Um, there was just the odd bits of, um, odd, odd bits of animation, well, Christopher Robin was a different character entirely. And then just odd bits of animation just didn't fit. I like some of the animation there. There's some really nice bits where, um, where Pooh's twisting his T-shirt around playfully, you know, as he's talking mm. nervously. And there's a bit where, I can't remember the exact quote, but um, he says something like, um, mm, I'm looking for a mum. And he smacks his lips. He's, uh, he's just, in his in profile, he's just 
really briefly smacks his lips together and it was just really cute. I'm looking for um Well you're making me want to watch it again. It's <laughs> it is nice, it's very, very pleasant. I always forget but, how much I like know, Winnie the Pooh till is, I see some. Is is that just is it vanilla? Uh, but well, my, my, my problem with it, this is that it's always been the backgrounds because, and I'd be interested to see if I said this when we did the 77 one, um, I've, the, the backgrounds are sort of scrubby and unappealing and uh, it's always like a, bit, a bit autumnal, which is normally my favourite month, but for this, it just makes me feel cold and depressed. Yeah. Uh, and it's wishy-washy and uh, like I've been watching um, a late 80s, 90s cartoon called Oxtails on YouTube if you've ever seen that it's like it's just proper cartoon animals cartoon like in the fields and the woods and things and mm. um, that's really nice and it's sunny and it's mountains and it's a you know it's adventure time and, and then you go to this and it's just like the same scrubby bits of wood again ah oh, come on it is something that it's instantly recognisable as the 100 acre wood though isn't it and mm. I guess so they were right again they were right to do it that way because it, it fits with everything unless they were going to be bold and do it their own way, which blatantly decided they weren't going to do. So, mm. I do like, I do like the um, the Baxon song bit with the whole chalkboard piece. It's something a little bit different. Mm. Um, it felt a, a bit uh, elephants on parade almost. Yeah, it's yeah, some, something, something. But like the, that. if you think about the Heffalump song, yeah. did that as well, didn't oh, yeah, they? Yeah, Heffalump right. smoozles. Um, they, I like that they brought a little bit of the three D in with the honey song as well. Because yeah. because it was released in 2011 and they were trying to replicate a 1977 style, I think it was actually quite good when they brought in 2011 techniques and, and because they can. And if they hadn't done it, it would have almost felt stubborn. I felt like... And, and they made it blend in. It didn't feel, ooh, you know, out of place mm. in it. I thought that they used that very well. And they, they did a couple of different techniques for various things. Bonnie loves... The um the way that they use the book and the text mm -hmm. and things. Yeah, yeah. And that was always a feature of um, Winnie the Pooh. But I think they really leaned into it in this film in some really, really clever ways. Oh, using it to get out of the, of the yeah. hole and stuff. Yeah, Lucas really liked that as well. Well, even follow it, following the thread yeah, along, the, yeah. um, along the text. That's the kind of thing that really appeals to children because mm. it's just something they're, they're familiar with but they've never seen it being used in that way, in that abstract way. And mm. uh, you know they find it fascinating, don't they? Bonnie, by the end of this, was actually s sat on the floor on her knees, just sat watching it, mm. which she doesn't do. Yeah. So the the boys were a bit like that as well. Neither of them wanted to watch it, um, and I thought I was going to have to fudge it and find a way to get through recording them and and giving a score and stuff. But I sat them down with the tea and I put the iPad in in front of them, and I thought. Even if they get through the first 10 or 15 Great minutes. Parenting, and them, Chris. Great parenting, Chris. Great parenting. It was because I wanted to watch the football on the telly, yeah. so they weren't on the <laughs> So, so then, uh, but, but within like the first 10 minutes, they were both going, I'm really bored. I'm not enjoying this. And then again, as soon as the Baxton song came in, they, they were just, they were lifted mm. by it completely. And by the end of it, they really, really enjoyed it, both of them. Mm. Mm. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. Should we, should we score the animation yeah. then? Yep. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off. Um, I've given it an eight. Because um, I mean, the the problems I have with the backgrounds that's just a personal thing, and that's nothing nothing against what they've done. It's it, uh, everything is competent. It's just not that much new to look at. So I've given it an eight, which I think I think it technically deserves. 
Um, I've given it a seven. I've just said some of the character animation doesn't feel on point to me, um, but it looks really nice overall. And I love the backgrounds. I know you hate them. I love them. Mm. Um, and I also really like the play with the book as well. I um, have just talked myself into upping it slightly, I think. I think I'm going to give it an eight because when I'm remembering certain sections, I'm remembering the use of the book. I was a bit cross about Pooh's arms and I was very cross about Christopher <laughs> Robin and that was going to take it down to a seven or possibly a six. But when I think about the things I do like, I think they outweigh the things I don't. So I'm sticking with an eight. Very good. Music. We are going to talk about the music, the hits, rate the songs and score the incidental bits. Right, the trailer for this featured the song by Keen, Somewhere Only We Know. I noticed that, yeah. yeah. When did you see the trailer for it? In the extras. Yeah. Do you not oh. go look at the extras? When no, I, I, read, I read about it. Okay. Uh, and I'm so glad. And it's the same with um, Peanuts, the Char- what is it? Peanuts, the Charlie Brown and Snoopy. What's it called? The 3D oh, one. Yeah. There's yeah. no one by Disney. It's brilliant. Is that it's oh, it is brilliant. But the, ti- the title is ridiculous. Yes. But they, in the trailer for that, they used uh, Barbara O'Reilly. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, don't do that. But actually, with the film, it was nowhere near it. Good. And it's the same with this so I was just—I just wanted to say it's funny that it was in the trailer. I'm glad it was nowhere near it. You remember when clocks came on in the wild? And we went, "Oh no!" It was a low point in animation history, was that? Oh man, that, at that exact point, I was like, "I am, I am done with this." <laughs> Ryan, it's not even so bad. It's good anymore. Uh, so, yeah. but while I was writing all that in my notes, uh, I only only listened to half of the Tummy song, but I think I heard enough. Anyway, but I'm skipping over the uh, the intro, the, z- the Zoe Zoe Deschanel uh, intro, sing, she, singing the. Winnie she's the... got a nice voice, and I worried when I initially heard the first few bars. I thought, oh, they're doing that that modern modern for the sake mm-hmm. of a modern thing. But actually, as it went on, it, she it, the style really suited the song. Yeah, but she she sings in that that vintage. Mm. That, that sort of forties fifties style, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Uh, which can be a bit much. Uh, almost affected, but I think she kind of she doesn't do it too much. I think that's I think that's I think it's half a sort of a, an affected style and half that's just how she sings. Mm. My thought process went, oh, it's a Winnie the Pooh song. Oh, it's a really modern version of the Winnie the Pooh song. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about this. That sounds like Zoe Deschanel. That is Zoe Deschanel. I really like this song. That's exactly <laughs> I, without the Zoe Deschanel thing. So I didn't actually work out who it was till I read it. But that was my thinking. It's the minute I heard the first few bars, I'm like, oh, they're doing that thing. Ugh. But I also, I, I wrote down straight away after that song, this feels like they're trying to do old style music, but in a modern way. And and I, so I kind of stuck to that. And when I've just read through my notes and seen my scoring around it, I think I've been very, very unfair to this film and the way in which they've actually paid homage to the music of that period. Mm. Who would they use now to do this? Rag and Bone Man. Oh, for, for, the, for that yeah. Is he one? Is he a person? <laughs> Don't listen to current music anymore. Sam Smith. Or, or like any, any, any sort of uh, advert from the last 15 years that's been using that slowed down, like, sounds like a little girl who's lost in the woods singing. That's, <laughs> she's like... Twink, twinkle, twinkle. 
Yeah. In a minor key. Rainy the Pooh. Rainy the Pooh. Um, I, I think that the, the Lopez duo um, got the tone just right and they did actually yeah. make, manage to... Was it Shaman Brothers originally this? I'm going to say yes, I, I think, think so. I think, I think so. it was, yeah. It was that era, it's, wasn't it? They, they it's, did it's, manage to... Yeah, it's tonally bang on, isn't it? Yes, and they, it and they just managed to add <laughs> a little bit more musical interest mm. than there would have been in the originals. They did sweet children's songs very well, did the Sherman Brothers. I hope it is the Sherman Brothers. I should look it up while we're talking. Um, but this managed to have... You know, it had coders and middle eights and interesting things and changes of tone, and then it, it would interlace another melody not loads not so much to try and make it lame is or anything like that but enough to just make it a tad more interesting than it would have been is it yeah yeah i thought so, it was so what what we got in the original mm. winnie the pooh is sherman brothers we now know for definite um apart from that bit a heffalumpawoozle is very confusing what other songs do you remember from that <laughs> um up song? Down, touch the ground, puts me in Not, the mood. Nothing, I, I don't even remember that one. Okay, uh, the wonderful thing about tickets. Wonderful oh, thing yeah. about tickets. We give a really little bit of it in this, don't they? For a split second when he disappears off. And then Winnie the Pooh. I mean, um, you've yeah. talked about, you say so, it, how many do you remember? That's far really classic no, okay, fine. songs. But, but so, so I guess what, what, what my point was going to be, and maybe I've not proved my point, is I think the songs in the original Winnie the Pooh were very throwaway on the whole. And I think the songs in this are very throwaway as well. That isn't to say that they're not good, just that they're not memorable, they're not something I'm going to go out of my way to try and find and have a listen to again. They, they, hit, they, they were on point, they hit the mark, they did exactly what they needed to do within this, but they're not for me. Yeah. They, I've never heard of any of these... I've never heard any of these songs before. Granted, I've never seen this film mm. before, but they haven't escaped the film and got into the zeitgeist. Like, I had heard... <laughs> Let It Go way before I'd seen the film, for example. I know that's a totally different thing and it was released and it was... We have heard it's going to be great somewhere else because when that came on, I've never seen this film, I was like, I know that song, I really... How's, how's it go? It's going to be great. Uh, do you know what I'm thinking of now? Is uh, Do you remember that... Um, that Is it Shreddy's advert? It's going to taste great. They're going to taste great. They're going to taste great. When I hear the sound of Shreddy's hitting my plate. I can't do that in my head, but we've heard, we've heard this. It's going to be great somewhere else. It might have just been the park or something, but I remember singing it back to somewhere, and I'm not sure how. I wonder if it's on the Winnie the Pooh ride. Hmm. In Disney World. Possibly. Which is a great ride. So we had the, the intro, we've got the tummy song, which is just him singing about being hungry, is it? Mm -hmm. uh, a very important thing to do. Now, I just say, by that point, that's when I was appreciating how appropriate the, uh, it was tonally. I was like, yeah, all right. These all sound timeless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, so, lyrically, how, how did it work? Because in the, Winnie the, in the original Winnie the Pooh, aren't a lot of the lyrics from... Isn't it a bit like the... Um, aren't they things that are used that have come straight out of the book? Or am I thinking of Alice in Wonderland? I, I can't am. remember. Mm. I know Alice in Wonderland is because there's right. a lot of poetry in there. I honestly I'm don't sure. know if no, Winnie the Pooh. Sure. See, we've done that many films now that some are so long ago. We should go back and do them again. Start <laughs> again. Uh, the back, do you know what? The Vaxxon song, I do not like that. 
I like that. I, like, I just found the the, lyric, the the melody so simplistic. It's like, the Bergson, the Bergson. It was a slog for me. I was like, Ugh. it was just, I just, it, so dull. The best one though, the best song by far, and Ollie got this. Ollie said this. Was, was it Ollie? Was, no, it was Lucas, sorry. Lucas said this. The best song by far is right at the end because I'm going to use this every time I go to the toilet for, for Ollie in the future now. It's poo, it's poo, it's poo. <laughs> Which one's that? Um, so long. No, it, everything is funny. It's when he's won. He's when, it's basically a reprise of. of uh, right. I think it's everything. Everything is honey. Yeah, I think it's a reprise. Everything of that. is honey. Yeah. Uh, when Pooh wins the honey. The final song, the one that was written by Zoe Deschanel, I was really impressed when I found out she actually wrote it as well as sung nice. it. It's nice. Yeah, it is because. Nice. Well, I went through a um, a phase of listening to a lot of like Sandre Lurcher and you know that kind of acoustic, yeah. lazy American modern jazz style kind of thing, and I just thought that was right on there. And mm. this is when I was waking up from a nap <laughs> at the end of the film, falling asleep, and I was waking up and I thought I'd I'd, I'd totally have this on a playlist on my iPod. And I, in fact, I'm going to look at up what mm. it is. Cause it's just. It's in my easy listening style, is that? It's I called, really like it. It's called it. So Long. So Long. So Long. I will look it up. And I, 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 I clocked that it wasn't quite Winnie the Pooh, but it also, it wasn't totally, totally off-brand. The point where, you know when the credits are sometimes... Yeah, we <laughs> you know. You know <laughs> what know. I mean. You know what I mean. It was just... I can't think was, of an example now. But oh, there's so many, though, isn't there? <laughs> where you just when go... Like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, I thought the the end credit thing was absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Have we mentioned John Cleese? I mentioned him right at the start, but that was all. Wasn't that before the show started? I think it was before. Oh, yes, it was before. Morning. Yeah. Sorry, yes, I should have said that. But the first note that I wrote down was, oh, it's John Cleese. Yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah. That's, it. That's all I have to say about it. There's not much to say, is there? No, he's the right choice, I think. I think he's the right choice. He's the right choice. I think they're choosing now. Well, <laughs> he's the right class. Brit. He's got the right regional yes. accent. There's some, the, the thing is, though, there's something slightly acerbic about him. So when, he, when his voice yeah. comes on, I think... Nah. He's not fatherly in any way, is he? No, he, you know, you think, is he going to is he gonna say something sarcastic? Or I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Mm. Michael Palin, though. Oh. Yes. He would have been spot on. He would have been great. <laughs> Should we score the music? Yeah. Um, I've given it a six, but I'm going to up it to a seven. <laughs> I am going to <laughs> pad for time. I'm going to send it over to Hugh. Seven. I'm going <laughs> to give it a six then. Oh no, but I really liked it. I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, screwed up my score. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think. I'm just thinking. I can add twenty, but twenty-one is difficult. You know, we often say on this show, um, "greater than the sum of its parts" or "less than the sum of its parts." I've got a feeling this is going to have quite a respectable score, and I don't really think it's worth it. It does. But when we break down the story, the animation, it's all there. I think that this is less than the sum of its parts. So I was going to try and manipulate the score by giving a low music score, <gasps> but I'm not going to do that. I think it's worthy of seven. What year was this? 2011? 2011, 2011 yeah. It's, it's 10 years old next week. No, next week. Next month, I guess, isn't it? July 15th. Well, well in it's Europe, already, it's already Europe 10. Is, yeah. Right, well, so, have we got some IMDb and stuff? No. Nope. Right, <laughs> just give us a... Says IMDb. <laughs> 
7.2 for IMDb. Spot on, that, isn't it? Where we I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes because I think, I do think I looked, half looked this up and it was quite high. So, boys, if you're ready for this. <laughs> Padding again. Padding, Padding away there. <laughs> I mean, we, we would fail, but with nothing else to say. No. Nah, you, never, you never help me out when I need you. Yeah, the critics give it 91%. Whoa, and the audience have given it a very respectable 80%. Wow. So this is liked. Mm. I, do, I don't deny the quality. I just question... Why it needed to be made? I wonder if people are mixing yes. it up with the seventy-seven one and scoring it. I don't think it would make a difference. Scoring the incorrect film. It might be. Maybe. I don't think it would make a difference. To be honest, I think the very much of a muchness. The brand is the brand. We gave it. No, I will say uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh scored eighty-four. We wow. really liked it. Wow, that's around the same as we gave the other one, isn't it? No, no, that, that was the oh, other one. Oh, I thought you were talking about this but one. But this, this one, Winnie the Pooh, we've given 70. Oh, there we go. 70. See, I don't think it's 14 marks worse. No, I just no, think... Mm. I, I, I think only because it's the, because it's the second of two mm. is why it's come down. Otherwise, I think we'd, we'd probably really... We'd like it a bit more. Do you want to know something interesting? Mm. So we've, we've been following really this... We do. I know. We've been following this uh, IMDb list of the UK... <laughs> Classics, haven't yeah, we? All yeah. this time, that's, that's how we've done it. Um, it appears to have changed, and Winnie the Pooh is no longer in here. So we could have got away with it. Oh. Which is interesting, oh, well. because it says that Wreck-It Ralph is, cl is classic number 51. Huh. But but it was definitely in there when we started doing this. I saw it in a list today, and it was in there. So this person's updated this list, and, uh, and taken it out. But it still only goes up to Big Hero 6. Cancelled the show. It's, I think that that's, um, that it's a real case of us just going, yeah, yeah, next, isn't it? The, the fact that there's such a big leap between the old one and the new one, because there's not that big a leap in quality. Mm. And mm -hmm. if you like the old one, put on the new one, you're going to love it. You know, if, if you do just want something to snooze to on a Sunday afternoon. If I Back in the days when I did drink, if I could go get a KFC with my hangover and then put a Disney film on, this would have filled the bill quite nicely. There we are. KFC yeah. in a good poo. Uh, Favourite bits, anyone? I liked that Eeyore's tail was the bell ringer at Owl's house. I think I thought that was a nice little uh, fitting end to the story. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> the stuffed toy photographs in the end credits were the best bit of the entire film for me. Come on. Aww. Well, the, the live bit at the start was pretty good as well. Live. The photographs at the start of, of the room are quite good, actually. Mm. Nicely lit as well, I thought. But you know, the the setting up the scenes, and Bonnie, Bonnie enjoyed that. Because, uh, enjoyed that because some of her toys do that at night. Uh -huh. um, mm. Magically, she doesn't. You know, she, we don't know how it happens, but she wakes up and the toys have moved and they're in little scenes. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. that's pretty cool. Clever toys. I liked, and it's the opening, so it was a strong start for me. The um, tipping him out of bed gag. I thought yeah. they did several interesting things with it. Hmm. Mm. Cry Factor? <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's Cry Factor. Uh, you never really get invested in it. I didn't. Um, it's, it, gets, it gets one for turning up. One teardrop. Wow. So... <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to say about Winnie the Pooh? 
I'm afraid What's not. next? What's next? Next is Wreck-It Ralph. Wow. Right. That's going to be... Oh, right. I am looking forward to yeah, that. I am yeah, looking I forward am. to talking about that. It's been a, that. quite a while since I've watched this film. I've already got some stuff I want to say about that. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Do you think we'll do um, Christopher Robin when we get to it, or whatever it's called? Now, Bonnie and Hugh yeah. went, to, they had a little daddy-daughter date and went to see that at the cinema, and I've never seen it, because whenever oh, no, I've really. suggested seeing it since... They've already seen it and don't want to watch well, it. Well, Bonnie won't remember it, so it'll be new to her. So you mm. two can watch it. I've I was, seen it. I was assuming it was like a, a kiddie version of Ted. Yeah, I, re- I remember... Do you know what? I think I tweeted or Facebooked. No, I checked in at the cinema and I, I think I put something like, well, that was bloody lovely. No. Something like that, or something no. to recall. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that... Well, Hugh doesn't want to see it again because he didn't like it. I, I just think it's it like, again. I've already seen that. Let's was it charming? Else. Was it charming, Hugh? It probably was. <laughs> there you go. We'll Winnie see. the Pooh is charming. Well, I haven't written an outro this time because I've decided that the outros are pretty un- unsuccessful overall. So what I thought I'd do is I'd, I'd wing it, go back to winging it like I always have done, um, but try and wing it in a more successful kind of way. So, um, unless you guys have got anything else to say, I'm just going to... Plug things like Lucy has done a video about her uh, her lounge, lounge fly me. pin bag, which is pretty cool if you want to check that out. Um, we're all over YouTube. I've done a video. Hugh's <gasps> done a video all about his 600 shirts. And this is a new one. So it's 601 now. Yeah. <laughs> 101 shirts. I should have called it that. Oh. You didn't have 101 shirts, though. No, you had 40. So it's 41 shirts. Yeah, but there isn't a Disney film called 40 Dalmatians, is there? <laughs> 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 there we go. <laughs> so there's that video if you want to watch that. Um, we've also got the DLP show, which goes out live every Sunday at eight thirty mm. British summer time at the moment. GMT, whatever you want to call it, in the UK. We have fun. Yeah, there's, we do. There's even banter in the chat room. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we're on podcasts and all over the place. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Um, and we have a Patreon account as well if you want to support us um, with a little bit of uh, financial. Stuff to help us keep ourselves going and keep the quality going. And uh, that's it, I think, for now. So we'll see you in two weeks' time to talk about Wreck-It Ralph. Catch you later. Bye.